What is up, Geek Vibes Nation? You know what that intro song means. It's another episode of Full Court Press, our 23rd episode. Props to Michael Jordan, the greatest of all time. Uh, and, of course, it doesn't mean uh, NBA on uh, NBC because it's not 1997, uh, but it is <laughs> 2017, and uh, my buddy, my pal, my co-host for life, Jawan, is here with me. Uh, Joel's taking the week off for Thanksgiving activities, so uh, we wish him the best uh, as far as his vacation time and hope he's having a good time. But me and Jawan are going to hold down the fort. we got a lot to talk about. Jawan, what's up, man? What's going on? I'm ready to talk some basketball. Hell yeah, man. Uh, well, first things first, I just want to uh, to say uh, congratulations to the Auburn Tigers and Charles Barkley. Uh, for for getting that big win against Alabama, that was pretty awesome. Uh, and we will see you guys in Atlanta uh, because I'm a Georgia Bulldogs fan, so that ought to be fun next Saturday. Um, but we're not here to talk college football. We're here to talk NBA basketball. So let's get into it. Uh, topic number one: Oklahoma City Thunder dominated the Golden State Warriors Wednesday night winning their first game against the Warriors since KD's departure. They won it 108-91. to Juwan, what does this win mean for the Thunder? Uh, hold on. Uh, Holding on. Yeah, no, no, no. Sorry, I thought I had you on mute. Okay. <laughs> um, no, honestly, <laughs> uh, after going back in, because I recorded the game. I saw it live, but I recorded it just to watch it over again. After mm-hmm. watching that game, if, and this is a huge if, Steve Kerr was not just blowing smoke to make excuses, if what he was saying. He was totally blowing smoke. Was, okay, so you definitely think he's blowing smoke. I think I mean, so, dude. Said, I think, in fact, I love Steve Kerr, but that is the most petty shit I've ever seen in pool. Like, for him to say that, like, okay, it would be one thing to me if you said that, um, if you pinned it on KD, even, or if, you, you know, if you said, you know, I, I, I didn't think KD should play the game, but he really wanted to play the game, so, you know, we let him play the game. But for him to be like, well, you know, I'm sure the, you know, NBA loved it because they got their star on their primetime game. Well, yeah, no shit, the NBA loved it. Like, and you, you know what? Like, why would you rest – why would you like if you if you if you're playing a back to back, or or I guess you're playing two games in three nights as it were. Like why would you rest KD against the Bulls? Or I mean why would you why would you play KD against the Bulls and rest him against OKC? Like that doesn't make any any sense at all. Um, but but I, go ahead. I mean I I feel like you know I th- of course there's the possibility that that um, KD wasn't a hundred percent so. Well, that's that's all I was going off of. Um, it's still no excuse. I'm not taking anything away from OKC. I hate when uh, sports analysts do that, so we won't be the ones to do that. Uh, huge win for OKC. Uh, the Warriors as a whole didn't play well. Uh, they no. didn't play well at all. Uh, they didn't uh, address the game with any kind of intensity. Uh, they didn't honestly seem like they cared or even wanted to play the game. I'm um, looking at the stats. Draymond had four. Durant had 21. 
Curry had 24, and Clay had nine. Uh, so none of these guys seem like they wanted to really be there at all. Uh, well, and they're and they're, the, they're go ahead. They're, the OKC's defensive intensity just got the better of them. Like, I mean, there were yeah, just, but I, I'm just way too many I'm countless times as, where 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 Golden State just made made careless plays throughout the whole game. I'm just saying. I'm speaking as far as if you watch them in the first quarter, it just didn't seem like. Golden State. I mean, like I said, yeah. I'm not taking anything from OKC. You could definitely say the defense is what uh, took them off of their game, but it just I, it didn't seem like Golden State like at all. Um, it didn't seem like they had any intensity. It just didn't seem like they wanted to be bothered with that game. Um, right. So that that's just me looking at it like that. As far as OKC, I didn't take much from it. Um, I said to you that I'd be off of their, their wagon if they didn't win or at least be very competitive in this game. Right. Um, yes. But it's hard to then judge it when, on the other hand, I'm, I was just stating the other team just didn't look like they cared. Um, what, what I want to see more from OKC is for them to win games, we expect them to win. Uh, this is a game yes. I don't think many expected them to win, but – when you play the Timberwolves, albeit they are a different team, when you play all these teams that the, the Thunder have lost to that they should have won to, uh, that's where I see the, the issues uh, coming from with this team. They were very efficient in this game. Uh, yeah. So I won't take anything from, from them on that. I believe Melo had 20, Paul George had 22. I could have that mixed up, but the numbers are accurate. Just to, whoever scored yeah. what. Might no, be I think you're right. Accurate. I think that's correct, yeah. Um, um, efficiency is what I need to see from them. Uh, also, if this were the playoffs, um, obviously Golden State would have played a lot harder. Uh, it would have been a, a way more competitive game. Uh, seeing Durant and Westbrook uh, kind of butt heads going at each other only would have been appeasing if the game were closer. Um, oh, I loved it. That little, I loved it. I, no, I didn't have any issue with it. But it just no, did not for me. If they, it did something for me. If the game were closer, it, it would have meant, it would have meant a, way more to me. Oh, dude, I loved every second of it. It sparked like, because uh, see, I loved the moment last year when you know Russ was like, "I'm coming," and Cantor walks off the bench and all that, like brouhaha, and that game didn't end up being close. Um, I mean, yeah, but that's, uh, that's OKC thing, was on but, their way to to trying to make it a competitive game. I think they had cut it to right. like maybe six or eight or something like that. Like in that moment, that's true. Um, when I see guys drawing off like that, I always think of what made the '90s so special, and that was yeah. when if if these two teams were drawing off, you you bet your bottom dollar it was a close game, it was a nail biter, and. <laughs> Uh, you know, well, if, not if to a, mention there would fight. be like a like a some shoves and possibly well, exactly. fists thrown. I was about to say, if, yeah, if a fight there'd erupted, be a tackle because there'd be a tackle fight, on, exactly. a, on a on a drive to the basket. <laughs> exactly, if a fight erupted, it was because a fight was literally going to be erupting. Uh, yeah. And then even after the game, Durant said, "You know, don't don't make anything of it." I, I, I honestly think they they don't have any issues with each other. That's all for us. It's all for show. Uh, oh, like I, I said, disagree. if it were closer, 
if it were closer and I felt as though like you'd, you're seeing both the team's intensity kick up another notch, then I would have mm-hmm. been – like if that play Westbrook had on Durant was like at a key moment in the fourth where like Golden State was making a comeback or Golden State was, was closer or just something to where it was just more competitiveness around that, I would have been like, all right, listen, man, if this were in the playoffs, you, I'm, I might even buy tickets to go either to Golden State or OKC to see a game. But because it was so – it was pretty much a blowout on OKC's behalf. It was just one of those things where it was like Durant was frustrated. That could have been frustration. Westbrook just is is uh, an intense guy, but he's always going to come off like that. No one else from OKC or Golden State even remotely seemed like they were getting into that at all. I just I like when when guys go up against each other for teams to get sucked in. The example you gave of last year is different to me because cancer got you know wasn't even dressed to play. It seemed like he got involved. He was he was drawing. A whole bunch of people were drawing. It it, it just well, looked like it was going to something. Absolutely, but yeah. you know with it this year we got Melo that just walked off laughing it off. Paul George kind of was separating them, but. Well, and really he was not about Paul George that. was even he was even chummy with uh, with uh, KD in the pregame. Did you see that? Yeah, so that's why I was just like, man, I really wish like it were closer because then to me that would have meant more because you know these guys all love each other. They're all friends. They're all friendly. So the only time you get to feel kind of. though it might be something. Well, kind of. I won't say all, but in yeah, that but, game, but, I mean, I'd aside say, from it like Russ, more so. Like Russ, KD, and Steph, I, I, cause I think Russ doesn't like KD obviously because of what happened. And I don't think he likes Steph because Steph gets everybody's love and praise. Um, well, and, I, honestly, know, I, 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 but I don't think I don't think that's. And let me let me back up a second. I don't think that's like uh, uh, exclusive to um, Russ Westbrook. I think a lot of NBA players don't like Steph because he gets so much praise, um, and he gets yeah, a pass for so much of his antics of the past maybe two to three years, um, throwing mouthpieces and shit like that, you know, um, but. No, I mean I feel you. I I kind of see what you're saying. I um I loved it though because here's the thing, um and and I know every time they meet up, you know KD, both KD and Russ try to say, hey, it's just another game. Like Russ is like, I'm always gonna bring it, and you know Russ does always bring that intensity. He brings it every single game. So yeah, there's that. But there was. There was, if there is such thing as 110 percent, which I think is like the dumbest thing, uh, <laughs> kind of the, the the dumbest thing that like coaches say, like I want you to give 110 percent. Well, that's a school anomaly that's not possible. Um, but nevertheless, if there ever was such a thing, that's what Russ did this night. And you know how I know this? It, you said you went back and watched the game. Uh, Russ took the free throw shots. For the um, for the uh, the uh, either flagrants or um, or technical fouls, whatever they were, I think they were technical fouls. Russ took those free throws. Every other game this year, Paul George has taken those free throws. Russ has not shot well from the line all year, but Russ was like, "Nah, I'm taking these free throws because he just wanted to get in the moment. He wanted to own this game." 
He wanted his stamp to be all over it, and it was. Russ played great. It was amazing, and I loved it. I loved every second of it. I'm so glad that he finally got a win against Golden State and the defector. Um, so uh, put it this way, I, I'm, I'm kind of with you in that I don't think it means as much as it would have if OKC had been on the losing side of the affair. I think it would have meant a lot more to me had OKC been the team that got blown out because I would have been like, fuck, man, maybe OKC can't do this. And, like, I'm still a little skeptical of OKC, but my, um, I don't know, my, my optimistic nature and just the fact that KD has made me fall in love with OKC twice now, once when he became as good as he was, and then once the Warriors kind of came up, I started kind of gravitating towards them because I just loved the way they played. But then when KD left to go to the Warriors, I, like, couldn't like the Warriors anymore, and then I'm back to rooting for the Thunder. You know what I mean? Like, did you have that kind of same pattern of events as far as, you know, from, like, 2012 to 2016? Well, well, I'll honestly say this. I was never in – this has nothing to do as far as his skill. But I was never, like, someone who rooted for Durant. I don't know why. I just never was. I actually find myself rooting for him more now than I ever have. I think the only other time oh, wow. I really rooted for him was when – I've only rooted for him twice in my entirety of, of watching him as an NBA 2012 player. when he was first, playing LeBron. <laughs> yes, of course. And that playoff <laughs> year that they took it to Kobe. Because uh, I was just like, oh, I feel yeah, like no one yeah. in the West can beat Kobe. And then when they took it to Kobe – albeit they lost, I was like, man, these guys are close. They're close, man. Um, I've loved OKC as a team uh, since all those guys got there. But as far as rooting for Durant or loving Durant, I I just – I've never really been that guy. Uh, I think I've I've rooted for him more so now than ever before. Uh, Yeah, I can't root for him anymore, man. I kind of just want to see who that next dominant guy is that could be the guy that's going to, like, eight straight finals. <laughs> and it seems like he's that yeah. guy. Uh, I, don't, we're I, hoping, I would much rather – and I, I'm sure you'll agree with me here. I would much rather it be Kyrie. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, absolutely, uh, anybody absolutely. but KD at this point. I mean, I mean let's just let, – let's, let's branch off for a second and talk about this. Have you ever seen a player who has done more of a 180 in all of professional sports than KD? I mean, I grant, granted, I'm saying, like, I know that you've never been, like, this huge fan of KD. But, mm-hmm. like, so many people were, including myself. Like, I love the guy. Like, um, I was always more of a Russell Westbrook fan, even though, like, when the conversation was being had before his foot injury, um as far as whose team is it and everything, I was like, oh, it is KD's team. It was after the foot injury where I was like, no, nah, it's pretty much Russ's team. Um, like, because just because we all know, and KD's even admitted it at this point, he doesn't have that dominant, like, persona. He's not going to be the team leader 
um, type of guy. Um, but have you ever seen a player who has taken more of a 180 as far as, like, public persona? Um, I mean, I can't think of anybody who has done it while being a player. The only person who I can think of who's done it is O.J. Simpson, and he murdered somebody. So, like, <laughs> you know, for, for oh, KD to have wait, done are it you and still be, like, a super as, um, nice guy and be, like, a super stand-up individual. Like, I mean, I think we can all agree that Kevin Durant is a, a terrific human being. He, he comes off as nothing less than that. But I feel like the the majority of people just can't stand him anymore. They hate him and he has done nothing well, to 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 I guess uh convince people otherwise. Well honestly I have seen it one other time. LeBron when he Ooh. when he introduced the Heatles. Uh, uh I don't I see, tell you what I don't I don't think it was the same thing though, man. All right, all right. I hear I'll, me out. I'll hear you out. The first the first year he uh he joined with with Wade and Botch. Before then, nobody, and I mean nobody as far as the arenas, the crowds, nobody was booing LeBron. Everyone just loved to see this guy drop 50, 60, 70, 80. They just loved to see this guy perform, right? Soon as he joined forces in Miami and started saying the not one, not two, and held the press conference yeah. in like August, uh, that first that first season – Nick and you can go look this up because I I I I I know you remember this. Almost oh, every yeah. game that year of every opponent booed him, top to bottom. That's why he said they went with that back to black jersey, and that's why he said he wanted to embrace being the villain. Being the villain. He knew it yeah. as much as we knew it. Nobody, and I'm not saying that is still the case. I think maybe his second or third year of being in Miami, no one cared anymore because you just. You can't hate greatness yeah, no. like that. I, yeah, no, you know and I, I, I do. Um, no, I think you're right, though. That, well, hold on one second, because I think you're 100% right as far as, like, the start of it. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use myself as, as an example to expound upon what you're saying as far as no one can hate that amount of greatness for that long. Or just, I don't know, maybe he evolved or maybe the league evolved or something else, but, like, that first year, like, I never faulted him for going to Miami. Like, I was one of the people who was saying, like, dude, Cleveland has a shitty team. Like, the only reason they're any amount of good is because of LeBron. He's, he's like, they, they've not done a good job of constructing a team around him. Like, I have no um, qualms with him going to Miami and, and, and you know, teaming up with some guys who can help him win. Um, and of course, I mean, I think Boston, um, and their big three drove that sort of, um, uh, decision, but I will give you a lot of credence in the first year that he went up against, um, the, uh, Mavericks, I was rooting for the Mavericks. Second year when he went up against OKC, I was rooting for OKC. The third year when he went up against San Antonio, I was rooting for San Antonio, but that fourth year. When they lost to San Antonio, I finally kind of came around to Miami and was like, you know what, I hope LeBron gets a nice three-peat. Like, I, I really did at that point. Like, I was like, you know what, the key deserves it. Like, this guy is the best we've seen since Michael. 
Like, let, let him get a three-peat, you know, and then, you know, whatever happens in free agency happens. Um, so I, I do offer a lot of credence to that. But, see, here's the thing where I, where I defer. I don't think KD, I may just be a prisoner of the moment, but I don't think KD has got that redeemable quality because he constantly steps over his own fucking feet every, at every turn. He, like, LeBron did, like, one really wrong thing where he had the decision and, like, within a span of, like, two days, he did the not one, not two, not three whole, uh, you know, shindig. Um, but after that, I mean, he was kind of playing basketball and just did did his thing, you know. Um, and I think the fact that he lost against Dallas was almost like a um, – a humanizing moment that almost kind of helped perpetuate his popularity kind of back in, in the square of the, of the populace. Um, the fact that KD went out and won the championship, and even though he was MVP, and yes, he was, I, I think we can all agree that he was the biggest reason why that series was 5-1, not saying Golden State couldn't have won it without him, but they couldn't have, they couldn't have beat Cleveland five one without him. We can all agree there. Um, I, but nevertheless, I don't think he's redeemable. I like, I don't know, man. I, I feel like I feel like right now he like he's like Kylo Ren and he just stabbed Han Solo and like everybody's like, nah, son, he ain't redeemable. Like and that guy is is garbage. Um, but see, maybe maybe time will maybe time will change that. I don't know. See, I I, I definitely see where you're coming from. Uh like uh extremely. Only difference is with Durant, his the dislike for Durant is more so from like outside of, of, of the fandom. Like when he goes to these arenas that aren't OKC, no one's really booing him. I, I I don't think I think if he got booed like that it might have been last year but I don't even recall that last year like LeBron's um, biggest the no, not I think really the biggest reason, yeah. yeah he didn't really get booed like that so I, no, I don't not like LeBron don't really, did no nowhere near like LeBron and yeah, I keep trying no. to tell people the biggest reason LeBron was booed the way that he was booed it wasn't just because of the decision we have to remember all the teams he had on hold that completely right. had to go left because he decided to build a big three in Miami. You had Brooklyn. You had the Knicks. You had the Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, even though he left them with Kyrie. Uh, you had Phoenix. There was a you bunch of teams out teams. west, dude. There was a Phoenix, bunch of teams that were like, um, exactly, that were clearing yeah, the deck yeah, there was a for lot LeBron. Of teams, yeah, yeah. And when he didn't go, that fan base didn't forgive him for that. Like, they didn't care how much of a nice guy he was. Didn't forgive yeah, him for and really that. with, so with, with KD, it was it really came down to like really Golden State, OKC, and Boston. I think that Boston was, was the teams, only yeah. team that was in there that that really and and I still contend had KD made the best decision for him as a basketball player and a both a basketball player and an individual who plays basketball, he would have picked Boston. I mean, I don't think the backlash would have been anywhere is, near what it what it had been if he picked Boston. And no, it wouldn't I have mean, been. But he was smart because he doesn't want to play LeBron unless it's in the finals, 
which is I what mean, a majority of these players want. They don't want no, to see and him. I, I, no, it's I get that. I'm just saying long term, like we, we all see oh, now yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. what I was talking about, you know, two years ago in that Boston is, is going to be a legit title contender every single year for the next, like, ten years. So. Yeah. Um, but Boston but, found a way found a way without him, so huge shout-out to him. That's true. Yeah, yeah, props to, props to Danny Ainge, man. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, I feel you. I think it all really boils down to um, just his personality and the fact that he doesn't seem to really have – um, he, he's one of those people, and I almost kind of feel bad for him because he, because I'm this way to a certain extent. He's just like so indecisive, and he's so back and forth, and it's almost like he doesn't know who he is or what he wants to be, um, like any given day of the week. And you know, I think, I think people really kind of if if he had just kind of picked picked a road like even the people who are like like not warriors fans right like mm-hmm. and they look at him and if he's just like fuck it I don't give a shit this is what was best for my career everybody like could like logically get behind that but the problem is when he does like his weird tweets and he puts like messages on his shoes and then he does other stuff and it's like Obviously, you care more about this than you should. You know what I mean? And I, I feel like LeBron never did that. Like, LeBron would just owned it. He owned, like, the persona. He owned who he was. Um, and, you know, the fact that he was, like, went all in on the, fine, I'll play the villain. Whereas KD's, like, he's like, I'll, 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 I'll like tiptoe around being the villain, but I don't really want to be the villain. You know, like it just doesn't, it well, doesn't the, quite work. The biggest thing is, and we've discussed this before, when LeBron left, the reason why, you know, he was able to embrace what, what he was doing was there was never any thought in his mind he was staying in Cleveland. I think Durant actually still regrets, you know, well, obviously you know, before winning the title last year, there was a point to where I believe he well, I maybe he did regret does. leaving. Uh, well, after you win a title, I I, I don't think you ever necessarily uh, well, no, regret. Well, no, I think I think, I think, nor, I think most people would be that way. I think KD still oh, regrets okay, it I get what you're on saying. some level. So that that that's the biggest difference between him and LeBron. LeBron, under no circumstances, uh, when he created that whole press conference ever, ever, you know, had his mind he was going to stay in Cleveland. I think he knew he was out yeah. after that, that game against the Celtics. So there was never a sense of, well, you know, guys, I, I'm just doing what's right. He didn't care. He had showed you he couldn't be that guy that, that had to carry a bunch of, of, of trash bags to the playoffs. He, <laughs> he was sick of that. Every he wanted to year. Act to, Every single year. He was tired yeah, of that. If you're honest, as though he deserves more. Is the second best player on your team, then you got a problem. That's a problem. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's a problem. But so, see, that's the know, other I, thing, too. Then, that's the other thing, too, that I think is the big difference is, you know, you can't ever say that LeBron going 
Um, like I, I completely understand your comparison with um, how LeBron was, you know, almost equally hated, you know, as far as, or maybe even equally hated as far as his decision. But like, I don't think you can ever compare LeBron's decision to leave versus KD's decision to leave, given the no. talent that were on both those teams. Nope. Or the lack of talent nope. that was on LeBron's team. Yeah. 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 Listen, I, I, I'll say this. I'll even say, um, albeit I've never been one to judge Durant for wanting to do that. I mean, you're bettering yourself, and you never can well, find a fault with someone yeah. trying to better themselves. Only because yeah. if you and look at and what he's, he's obviously done as a, player, a better player in that system, he is that's, a that's better player in that that's system than he ever was with so, OKC, and that is undeniable. Never. You never want to hold someone to that. But right. the only reason I thought that was somewhat of a weak move, and that's why I never compared it to LeBron, when LeBron went to Miami, he went to Miami with a Dwayne Wade that got his team to the first round, couldn't really get any further than that. He went right. and got Chris Bosh, who I don't even believe made it to the playoffs. So he didn't go out and get a, so. former, a former unanimous MVP uh, one of the most deadliest sharpshooters in history and right. possibly one of the meanest guys in the NBA in the past, I don't know yeah, how many he, years, in, right. in Draymond. And, so he didn't surround yeah, himself and, and the with perfect like, example that, that is brought up all the time is he, he didn't go join the Celtics. Yes. Because, right. I mean, that's, that's pretty much what it would be like. If he had gone and been like, I'm going to go team up and, like, play – you know, power forward while KG plays center and Ray Allen and, you know, Rondo and, you know, uh, Paul Pierce, like that'll be our starting lineup. Like that, that's more, at least a little closer on par with what, what KD did. So. Right. Um, And we would have never, we would have never put LeBron in the conversation as better than Jordan if he had done that. Ever. Ever. No. No chance. No way at all. Um, but, you know, like like uh, like we've said multiple times and, 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 you know, a couple times each in this in this podcast, um, KD is a better player in that system. He plays better defense on that team defense oriented system. Um, he uh, is more efficient on that system because he doesn't have to go one-on-one as much, but then when when he's required to go one-on-one, he does do it well. Um, I mean, he, he's a perfect fit for that system. I think he would have been a perfect fit for Boston, and I think the backlash would have been so much less that it would have been worth it to have gone to Boston. But, you know, say la vie. Uh, I guess you live and you learn. Um, but let's move on. We've got several topics coming up, and we got to get to some uh, some other things. Uh, so I want to I want to touch base on this. The Clippers, after starting the season four and zero, they're now six and eleven. They got a game tonight. They hold the third worst record in the West. I think they're just above uh, Sacramento and Dallas, um, just behind Phoenix. So that could go either way. What's next for the Clippers? And furthermore, uh, so that's like part A to this question, and part B, 
did Blake Griffin make the right decision to stay in Los Angeles? Um, yeah. Uh, I, I don't think, I think it'd be, you know, I think he thought something different would be coming from, uh, you know, this, this roster. I will say this. I did tell you guys when we were doing our, our rankings before the season started, I didn't think a healthy Clippers could make the playoffs, and I'm glad they're <laughs> yes, showing you me right. Um, even though they're not yeah, fully said, healthy, so I, I'll put that out there. They're not fully healthy. Yeah, that's that's true. I think it's I think it's very interesting because I, I believe, if, if I'm correct, Joel said that a healthy uh, healthy Clippers would make the playoffs. I said mm-hmm. the healthy Clippers might make the playoffs, but they will not stay healthy. And you said it doesn't fucking matter. They're not making the playoffs. <laughs> not making so, the playoffs. I just never. Right. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't think it it, it would happen. Uh, I wasn't impressed with the <laughs> roster at all. I will say this: if I'm Blake, um, I'm doing one or two things. I'm telling management, listen, either you have to trade me, or Doc has to go. Um, I think Doc has overstayed his welcome there. I think there's yeah. no more he can do with that team. I think what, I think once you had Chris Paul, Blake, DeAndre, uh, Reddick, Crawford, all those guys, and Doc couldn't get Back past, in like 14, uh, 15. Right. And he couldn't get to the finals with that team. That lets you know, yeah. unless they got Durant or maybe Melo, that team was never going to get any further than that. That's right. why I try to tell Joel, my biggest thing with Chris Paul is, it's hard for me to believe he'll get the Rockets over the hump when he had a really, really, really good team years ago and couldn't get them over the hump. But I don't yeah. see how he makes another Didn't team even that, much, the Western that much finals. Couldn't yeah. even get them there. Um, James so, Harden so yeah, broken, so you think that what's next for the Clippers is, is, is firing uh, uh, Doc? I will say this. I think it's two things. I think you have to fire Doc, uh, and that's not mm-hmm. a knock against him. There's just nothing more you can do at that team. You always need a new voice when it gets to this point. Um, right. You have, to trade, you have to trade Blake. I don't think anyone really wants DeAndre in this climate. I think uh, you missed that opportunity when you locked him in his house and forced him to resign with you. Should have just let him go to, to Dallas. Uh, maybe even you could have maybe even made a play for LaMarcus Aldridge and put LaMarcus Aldridge with with those group of guys. I don't really know how that would have worked. Um, but I think you need to let Blake go. You need to let him. You owe it to him. He showed you loyalty. Now you have to show him the same kind of respect. Let him go win with somebody. Um, don't hold him hostage for him to finish his career. He's just a guy with a lot of highlights. Um, you know, let him yeah, go. Let honestly, Blake go. I mean, well, and, go and I think the biggest thing with Blake is, he's only got what's left on this contract. Like, let's not pretend that Blake Griffin hasn't had, like, 18 different injuries in his career um, mm-hmm. to various parts of his body. And uh, not, now I'm not saying, like, necessarily that he is, is you know, uh, going to be done at any particular point in time, but... I mean, what, the guy's like 27, 26, 27, 28 years old, somewhere in that range, um, and he's on a five-year contract. He's not going to be a productive uh, starter, a productive uh, all-star type player after this contract is up. So 
I agree with you. Um, I think I think you should trade Jordan. I think you should you should. I don't think you should immediately trade Blake because you got him for five years. But I think you should shop Blake, and and the biggest reason that I think you should shop him is because um, because he is signed for five years, and if you're going to be rebuilding, like, do you really want a guy? whose window isn't necessarily very wide and he's had injury problems in the past and he's just not he's not the kind of guy that you can be like, this guy will be around for the next three years while we rebuild around him. It doesn't, like, n- not all players are like that and, and Blake is definitely not one of those guys. Um, so I think you, you try to trade DeAndre for what you can get for him. I think you try to trade Blake for what you can get for him and anybody else on that roster. Um, I mean, and I was saying this before the season started. I said, fine, trade Blake to somebody for something, um, especially after uh, the Chris Paul situation went down. Um, so, no, I'm with you. Um I'm going to throw this out there, and this is not one of my mock trades for the night, but I, I, I do want to just kind of throw this out there. Just a very um, – I'm not going to get into particulars on it, but what would you think about the Clippers sending Blake Griffin to the Celtics, the Celtics sending Gordon Hayward to the Sixers, and the Sixers sending back – they have so many, like, draft – picks and considerations and everything. So them sending back some players to make the money work and draft consideration, uh, of course, maybe uh, either a high first-round pick or two mid-first-round picks, um, and then you know you could throw in some second-round consideration. They have so many picks, I feel like they could offer up enough picks to make it work for the Clippers, um, maybe even one of those being the, the Lakers pick in 2018. Um, I mean, I feel like at this point, with the way the Celtics have been playing, you don't really need Hayward. Um, but a guy like Blake Griffin playing the four for you, I mean, where where is your weakest position right now? It's definitely the four. Um, and Blake Griffin would also help your rebounding, uh, which is where Horford struggles the most. Blake's a really good rebounder. Um, he's also a really good passer. If you put him in that that Brad Stevens system where the ball is just flying around, I, I almost think that that might be kind of a worthy trade. And if you're if you're Philly, you look at your lineup, you know, going into next season. Obviously, uh, Hayward's out for the rest of this season. But you look at your lineup going into next season. You got Simmons, Hayward, Covington, Sarich, and Embiid. It's pretty fucking good, you know. Um, well worth a a, a, a first-round pick or two, um, to me anyway. Um, definitely worth, like, at least, like, say, the L.A. Lakers first-round pick and, like, a, I think they own the Brooklyn Nets second-round pick for 2018. So, like, if you – like, those – like, let's say those two picks and then a couple of players that they don't really want. Like, let's say maybe – uh, Amir Johnson and Jared Bayless. Jared Bayless could help also because Patrick Beverly is is sidelined for the rest of the season. What, I mean, what do you think about that? Do you think that would be 
a worthy enough trade for uh, for the Clippers to go for. Um, just let, let's just focus on the Clippers. Um, but do you, I mean, do you think that would be enough to get for Blake Griffin, considering he's under contract for so long? Um, I think as far as draft picks and stuff, uh, it works for the Clippers. Um, and I think if if you know if Danny Ainge calls and offers it, and the Sixers agree. He definitely pulled the trigger on it. Um, but if I'm Danny Ainge, I I personally wouldn't make that call. Uh, it's, it's, it's no surprise. Well, it's no surprise to you, but I, I'm, I've never been high on Blake Griffin. Uh, this is true. And I, I believe that Gordon Hayward is going to be a crucial piece that they will miss um, come playoffs. Uh, where you know, my biggest, I could be my biggest thing is just what it would mean with Brad Stevens because obviously they have a relationship. Exactly, exactly, and the only reason he came there, well, not the only reason, but one of the reasons but he the came main there reason. was to yes, yes, was to come play with Brad Stevens. Um, so every every time I think of how well they're playing without him, I just think of how much better they can they could be with him, and by that I mean. Picture if you didn't have to start Tatum, you could have him come off the bench with all or that Or you could just start uh, him at the four. Power. I mean, he's he's or big enough. Or just at the four, absolutely. He's big enough absolutely. where you can start him at the four, especially in today's NBA. Absolutely. But my my and thing is, he's just not going to give you the rebounding. Like to me, if you if he's your four, then you want a five who's better at rebounding. You know what I mean? Well, that's, like so that's, that's where my concern. Idea. What, That's trade Horford? Another idea. Good luck. No, 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 not trade. Well, you know, package him in something, but not just straight up trade him for something. Yeah. You know I've been pitching this for the longest. Oh, I want DeMarcus Cousins in boogie. Boston. I want DeMarcus yeah. Cousins in Boston. And let me point this out. If, the, you know, to our listeners, if you've been watching basketball as closely as me, Nick, and Joel have, you, you'll notice, Hasn't been a lot of story or headlines with DeMarcus Cousins being a hothead. And I think DeMarcus Cousins is starting to mature. And if he is, I don't he is think a he's going to hit the market, though, man. No, no, no. I don't I'm think just he's... saying, if he, if he does, because if you're the Pelicans, sure. and if you're the Pelicans in around All Star break, you still aren't around that eighth seed or seventh seed. I think yeah, you have they... to start realizing that it might not be a possibility, even though you have these two, uh, you know, huge superstars just dominating, you kind of see, but like, even still, if like, even still though, like if I'm, if I'm the Pelicans, like I would, it's tough to say. Like I could, I could see them giving up cousins for like a bevy of picks because Boston still has a lot of picks. Um, yep. So I, could, I mean, I could see that happening. But the the the, the weird thing about Boston is, and it's they're such a hard team to try and like um, make deals for, if you will, because they don't have any bad contracts. They don't like nope. most teams, even good teams, have like some bad contracts. Um, and, and Boston's just not one of those teams. So it's like like Boston would probably be willing to give up a lot of picks if they had a bad contract to get rid of, but because they don't, 
can they give you the players that you want plus the picks that they want in order to make it work? Um, I possibly very, I mean, very possibly. I mean, I think, I think if you have a chance to get like boogie, I definitely think, I, I think all but maybe like five or six players are, 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 are like on the market as far as that's concerned. I mean, um, the the biggest thing I keep thinking is I would love if they could get DeMarcus Cousins and then Tony Allen on his last few legs because um, all you need is deep. Tony Allen to be effective for you come playoffs. When you go right. ag- go up against the LeBron, have him guard LeBron so Jalen doesn't have to or Tatum doesn't have to. Or if that's you have Horford, he didn't have to. And that team with DeMarcus Cousins uh, and Kyrie Irving, there's n- I don't think there is a – well, I think people still wouldn't put them over LeBron. But I think the gap is a lot shorter now. Because yeah, you have a but, walking double double in the market. I would probably look at that team and be like, "This will be the team that takes down LeBron." That, but hell, I, I was I, saying I'm that about Indiana back when they had Paul George and 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 Hibbert and and Lance and all them. Like I was, I literally thought like Indiana they were going to take them down. Um, they came close. They they just, of course, they they, I mean, yeah, they could have. They just they weren't quite there. Um. But, yeah, no, I mean, I, I feel you on that. I really do. I think Cousins would be a great get. I mean, I think, obviously, they're, they're, they're unicorn, if you will, um, is, uh, is Anthony Davis. Um, that's the guy they want the most. Um, but he's definitely going to be harder to get because of the fact that he's under contract for, I think, the next three seasons. Um it's just going to be really hard. Like, you're going to have to give them everything. Like, uh, and you would, but even still, even if you offer everything, I don't know if New Orleans takes it. And at this point, I mean, I I, I feel bad for saying this because, God, I I hate it when Joel's right. But I I think Joel might be right. Like, maybe maybe this Pelicans team can tie things together. Um, they can be a, a, a competitive team. Um, Boogie is fiercely loyal. Um, I mean, he really is. That is one of his his, his biggest draws is how loyal of a, of a uh, person he is. Um, and, I, I mean, I think when it all comes down to it, I think he's going to be in New Orleans next year because I think they're going to make the playoffs and I think New Orleans is going to pay him max money. They're going to eat the fact that they have to, you know, pay pay as much money as they have to pay um, as far as, you know, the salary cap and luxury tax and all that. Because believe you me, they're going to be paying a shit ton of luxury tax to, to give him a max yes, contract. Yes, they will. Yeah. But my biggest thing is this. I think when it all comes down to it, Boogie will say this. And, and and if I was his agent, I would encourage him to do this for two reasons. Um, one, he's going to sign a three-year contract with a third-year player option. The reason being is because uh, um, Anthony Davis, starting next year, has three years left on his contract with a third-year player option. So you want to line your contract up with Anthony Davis. You don't want to be stuck there without Anthony Davis. Um, 
Right. So I think he, he signs a three-year max deal with, with that. And then when he comes out of that, he's still young enough to where he can he can get another big contract after that, um, and he'll be a 10-year vet after that and can get the biggest contract that he could he could possibly get. So I think I think that's what he does. I think uh the Pelicans kind of just bite the bullet and, and, and pay the money um because you have to. Um and then uh you know after uh three years um they as long as they don't make any other stupid signings um what they should have on their books is hopefully um, a healthy Solomon Hill, um, A.D., uh, DeMarcus Cousins, each one more, and um, uh, Holiday. And so if you've got those three players, or I'm sorry, five players who are on your books in, you know, in, in two, three years, um, I feel like with with your draft picks that you can – fit around them. You just try to draft as best as you can and, and, and hope for the best. Um, and as long as you're a kind of a perennial playoff team, you, you kind of keep that going. And yeah, I mean, I, 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 like I said, I hate to say it, but I think Joel was right. I think you just, you just kind of suffer through the fact that you got to, you got to pay a luxury tax for a couple seasons. Um, and then you maybe at the point, you know, where Anthony Davis is coming up on his contract extension, if you're not, like, uber competitive at that point, then you start thinking of, I'm going to trade him, I'm going to trade DeMarcus, well, I'm going to trade, you know, everybody. I get what you're saying, but if I'm DeMarcus, my biggest issue in Sacramento was they had no idea what to do with me as far as surrounding me with proper talent. So far since Anthony Davis has been drafted, that has been the exact same case for Anthony Davis. That is true. So, you are you so are 100 percent correct, sir. If you stay there and they do well, not surround you with talent, I will say part of that, that is very injury, tough, though. Uh, West. No, no, no. I, I definitely agree, but we have to Tyree look at Kevin. it for we, right. But I, I I completely understand that. But outside of that one year where AD was healthy a majority of that year and just balled right. his life out and took that team to the yes. playoffs. Yeah. Um, they haven't really surrounded him with much, albeit I will give you the, the injuries. But if DeMarcus does stay, I will tell you this. Pelicans are going to have to do, like, some Celtic kind of magician work to get the, those two guys uh, just supporting talent. I'm no, not they're going to have to do superstar, some just supporting kind of magician work, like, yeah, without yeah, any sort yeah. of, like, real assets. Because they don't, they don't really – I mean, they have some draft picks. But they like their own draft picks. But man, yeah, they don't they don't have a lot as far as any sort of like young talent. Like, I mean, what do they got? They got like Frank Jackson, um, who I yeah. guess could be all right. I mean, he might be a decent uh 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 what combo guard. But yeah, other than that, they don't have much. As far as young talent, as far as like tradable asset young so, talent. So if I'm Demarcus, as loyal as I, the last thing I'm gonna say so we can we can move forward. If I'm Demarcus, you sure. said he's very loyal. His yes. loyalty is what almost ended him uh, being in Sacramento a career 
full of nothing but losing. So you can't be loyal to a fault. You have to make sure you and your agent are making sure Pelicans are the best overall spot. Because money can come from anywhere. If you went to Boston, I'm pretty sure you can get endorsements. You know, if you're not this hothead who's, like, fighting and cursing all the time, I'm sure shoe deals and stuff like that can come along with it. So it's, it, when I tell people, it's not usually always about the money unless you're a guy who isn't big enough to bring uh, endorsements to yourself. But DeMarcus is one of those guys. So you have to make sure that is the best place for you basketball-wise. Because if you're stuck there, you know, heading into your 30s and you still haven't made a playoff appearance, that's an issue. You know where you wouldn't have that problem at? Boston. I'm just saying, DeMarcus, make sure that uh, New Orleans is the best possible place for you top to bottom. Because if it's not, do not have a Chris Webber type of career. That is all I'm saying. Hey, no, and that's a fair statement. Um, Because... I mean, we all know Chris Webber was an excellent talent, but never could quite get over the hump with Sacramento. Nope. Nope. There it is. Um, I'm just going to close this segment out with saying, with with the, you know, part B to my question, Blake Griffin did not make the right decision. Blake Griffin should have gone to Miami. (laughs) I, I, I said it. I said it back when we were discussing it in free agency. I thought that with them getting Bosch off the books, if you could get a team of um, Dragic, um, uh, Waiters, Winslow, uh, Blake, and and Whiteside, dude, like that, that. You're actually you you're actually adding like an all-star talent onto your team, and I never for one second I know why they wanted Gordon Hayward so bad uh, because he filled a positional need. Like if they had signed Blake Griffin, I don't think they would have been able to bring back James Johnson, who is their current starting power forward. And I understand like like you would rather fill the need at three. <clears throat> and you know, not have to. Uh, that's 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 where their need was most is at three. So I get that, but to me, it just made so much sense. Like you pair Blake Griffin with with Whiteside, like just, and especially given what we've seen from Blake this year. I mean, he's extended his range. He's shooting threes. Those like top of the key threes that he nails, like. Like he's just, he's such more of a complete player than he was last year. If he was doing that with Miami, Miami would be my best guess, like number five or six in the East, maybe higher. Um, they would be a much better team. And if I was Blake, that's what I would have done. Um, namely because, Miami, if you're going like if you're going for a lifestyle, like if you're if you're gonna leave LA, you go to Miami. Um, I think Shaq uh, proved that. And if you you know aren't going to win a championship anyway, you might as well be on a competitive team that like can make the playoffs. Uh, so I I don't know. I think I would have 
I would have signed a, a four-year max deal with Miami over a five-year max deal with, with the Clippers. Um, just saying. Yep. Um, but who knows? Maybe he gets traded to a even better team, and you know it all works itself out. We'll, we'll see. Um, but let's move on. The Boston Celtics. Uh, speaking of the Boston Celtics, as I brought up earlier, uh, their winning streak settled out at an impressive 16 games. Juwan, do they have a legitimate shot to win the NBA title this season? That's what I want to know. Well, I'm sorry. Let me take that back. Yes, they have a legitimate chance to win the title for some reason. Uh, and I won't say some reason like it's trivial. Brad Stevens just has the uh, the recipe uh, on beating this team. Um, they have a chance, but they will not. And that's what I was uh, getting at when I, when I was saying, uh, Hayward, they're going to miss what the 15 to 20 a night Hayward could, could give to that team. Uh, they're going to miss it especially come finals, you know, granted, they make it. Uh, they're my favorites to make it, but, you know, granted, they make it and play the Warriors. Hayward is what they're going to uh, sorely miss. Now, if what you were saying, and Blake happens to go there, I told you before, I'm just not that sold on Blake. I, I don't feel as though he, he he put that team over the hump. Oops, excuse me. Well, wait, um, I don't well, necessarily... hold on. Let's say, let's say, give me one second. Yeah. Um, let's say uh, let's say the Pelicans go on like a terrible losing streak, mm-hmm. and they trade Cousins for whatever. Um, let's say you can send <clears throat> Gordon Hayward to the uh, Sixers. The mm-hmm. Sixers send like two first-rounders, like the L.A. Lakers um, 2018 first-rounder and, like, a a Sixers first-rounder. And then the Celtics can send the Kings 2019 first-rounder and, like, let's say the the Memphis 2019 first-rounder. That's, like, four first-round picks, right, for Anthony Davis. Yes. They got a healthy Anthony Davis. Is that story any okay. different? As far as can they beat the the Warriors? Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I think they could beat the Warriors with Demarcus. <laughs> uh, but yeah, definitely, uh, that definitely changes changes a lot. Been more comfortable with the Demarcus Cousins trade because there's never an issue of health with Demarcus. You know, you can That's get a true. full season out of him. Granted, That's no true. technicals and no suspensions. It was a safer bet, and like I said, they do the same exact thing. The only edge Anthony Davis has over DeMarcus is, one, youth, and two, he kind of defends better than DeMarcus Cousins. He'll give you more blocks blocks per game. That's what I'm saying. It's not not by a mile. It's only by by a little bit. But they're they're, they're the exact same player. Right. They're the exact same player, and you can never knock height. Anthony Davis is tall as shit. And yeah. <laughs> and anytime you can have that height with that ability, you always want that. But um, the safer bet would be on DeMarcus, and that's why I pointed out uh, in the last topic, 
the fact that he hasn't been getting in trouble is so huge, and I hate that no one's talking about that. That is huge. If you could get DeMarcus Cousins to play 82 games, no suspensions, no, no toss-outs, yeah. exactly, without all that, do you know how dominant if Anthony Davis can stay healthy also that team could be? And no one's talking about it. They only want to talk about it when DeMarcus is being an a-hole and getting ejected and suspended. But if he's not, he's not really right, been Star an Lord. issue this season. Huh? I said, all right, Star-Lord. You said yeah, a-hole. Uh, <laughs> he hasn't really been an issue this season. So if I'm Boston, I'd rather bet money on getting uh, DeMarcus because I know one thing is not an issue with him. And that is health. The only issue is him being a bonehead, but he has gotten better this season. Sure. So far. I say so far because we're still very young in the NBA season. But so sure, far, but as, he has as not currently been constructed, But as currently constructed, the, the Celtics can't, can't beat the Warriors, is what you're saying. They, they go. Or, or whoever. Games. Or let's they say this. Games. Or whoever comes out of the West. No, 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 no. I can't say that. Uh, there's nobody I fear for the Celtics coming out of the West except the Golden State Warriors. And I only fear the Warriors because I came to this conclusion the other night. The Warriors aren't a scary team if there's no Durant. They're extremely beatable, like more beatable than they've ever been if there's no Durant. Uh, right. I know they've well, everybody's up there. Everybody's up there talent, all the, all the teams in play. That's, that's my point. That's my point. So right. if you take Durant out, and you trying to tell me uh, definitively that that team still would win an NBA championship, I tell you, you don't know basketball. Because that right. team, if they did not have Durant at this present moment, we wouldn't, we'd be talking about them as still a really good team. But as far as me picking them without Durant over OKC, or maybe right. even over Houston, if Harden can maintain this without flaming out like he did last year, or when Kawhi gets back, I'm I'm not sure I can make that. But if Celtics are playing anybody except the Golden State, I'm giving the edge to the Celtics. I'm sorry. That's how much I believe in Kyrie. And I believe Danny Ainge might have something up his sleeve come uh, All-Star break uh, before the trade deadline. So, But I'll, I'll always bet money on Kyrie. So that's how confident I am with Kyrie, that if they're playing anyone except for Golden State, I bet money on them in seven. Yeah, no, I mean I give you that. I um, I want the Celtics to at least make the the Eastern Conference Finals. In fact, my my perfect Eastern Conference Finals would be the Celtics versus the Thunder. Like I would just love that. That would be just blissful. Um, but let's let's just be realist here. Um, it's 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 probably going to be the Warriors against the Cavs again, and the Warriors will beat the Cavs again. Um, but I will say this: I do think, given the way this team is constructed, constructed um, as as far as the uh, Celtics, I think they do actually have a legitimate shot at least making the Eastern Conference Finals. I don't think they could beat the Warriors in a seven-game series. I I think that they their defense is really, really good, um, and they could challenge them. I think maybe a six, 
maybe even seven-game series could happen. Um, but I kind of buy into what Brad Stevens said, and I, like, you know, there's normally there's, like, what coaches say um, as far as, like, to motivate their team, and then there's when coaches are honest. And Brad Stevens recently said, like, our winning streak is we're not as good as our winning streak is basically what he said. And yeah. I, I think I think he's right. I, I I hope that given like throughout the season, if this team can continue what they're doing now and kind of work together and and be even better, which I think is a possibility. I really do. I mean, I think. The the fact that they played this well at this juncture of the season is is remarkable to me. I could not have guessed it, especially after Gordon Hayward going down. I'll, I mean, I did say that I think Gordon Hayward going down was a blessing in disguise as far as their 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 team chemistry long term. So long as Gordon Hayward comes back healthy, um, because it gets. Brown more minutes, it gets uh, Tatum more minutes, um, and they're they're able to compete, you know, on, on a, um, a level that they wouldn't have been otherwise. Uh, but as far as winning a championship this year, uh, yeah, I got I got to say they're pretenders on that. I I just can't the talent level that Golden State has versus them is. It's just a huge disparity. Like, if you look at, if you just break it down, like you're like Kyrie versus <clears throat> versus um, Steph. Like, it's about equal. Like, maybe you would go with Steph. Yeah, I think most people would lean towards Steph um, as far as that. But every other position, I mean, short of center, because, I mean, Horford's better than Pachulia. Um, but every other position, like the Warriors own them, um, which is the case for most teams. Um, but yeah, I, I I tend to agree with you. I I think they're gonna be they're gonna be a team to be reckoned with for years. Um, but this year, they're gonna have to make a big move at the trade deadline. Otherwise, they're not going to win it all this year. No, I, I agree with you. But I will say if anybody in the NBA outside of OKC has a chance to beat State Warriors, it is most definitely the team that at every chance they get seems to have the blueprint on that team. Uh, Boston, Boston, I think I want to say, over the last few years, is like one of the few teams that has literally played them hard. And I don't think Golden State has blown them. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Golden State has blown out Boston uh, no, since since not. their their rise. Uh, well, since Brad Stevens got there and since Golden State's rise, they just they just play them very well. And that was when Brad Stevens had like uh, a few Matchbox cards and like uh, a few cigarettes playing against Golden State, and he was able to keep it competitive. <laughs> so now that he has more talent, I I wouldn't find it, you know, uh, out of the realm of possibility 
if if that team were able to uh, to beat them in seven. I I just wouldn't bet money on it because uh, you know, like you said, when you go when you go pound for pound, the Warriors just kind of come out a lot better uh, than the Celtics. But Brad Stevens is one hell of a coach, and I, I'm starting to learn not to bet Best against. Best coach him. in the NBA. Yep. I really think that, and uh, I also think it's funny that, I don't know if you remember this, but I vividly remember this, um, when when the uh, when the Celtics management sat down with KD, they basically, to him, and were like, this is how we beat Golden State, and when KD ended up going to Golden State, uh, Jay Crowder came out and was like, what the fuck? Like, why would you, like, sit down <laughs> with a free agent and tell him how we beat them and, like, blah, 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 blah. But, like, see, the thing is, it doesn't matter because, like, Brad Stevens is is such a chameleon. He, like, changes his scheme with whatever talent he has, and he's just that good of a coach to where – like like we saw a few days ago where Boston beat them. Like that's that is that's all Brad Stevens. He is that good. He really is. And I can't wait to see this team. I can't wait to see just Boston and Philadelphia. Um I I just so hope that that Embiid stays healthy because I think Boston, if he does, Boston and Philadelphia is going to be the matchup of the next five, six, seven years. I mean, it's just going to be so remarkable. I agree. I mean, throw the Knicks in there too, but yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, maybe. Uh, I don't. I, I won't <laughs> throw the Knicks in there. I won't do that. That was for me and Joel. That was for me and Joel. Sure. Yeah, if y'all get LeBron. Uh, by the way, by the way, let's just. I want to. I want to talk about this for a second. This wasn't planned, but what do you think about like you got Chris Broussard, you got Jalen Rose, you got plenty of pundits talking about LeBron going to New York City to play with. I mean, essentially, like the lineup would be pretty dope. I mean, it would be. Nilakina, probably Tim Hardaway, LeBron, uh, um, KP, and then, yeah, I don't know, I guess Cantor. And then, you know, you'd have a bench of whoever your backup point guard is, Courtney Lee, um, Lance Thomas, uh, whoever your backup power forward is, and then, you know, like Kyle. Um, I mean, do do you give any credence to that? Do you no. think LeBron would actually go to New York? No, no. Let I don't stop either, there. man. No, I don't no. either. Main reason, main reason why is because I sat here. What is it? Like eight years ago, with the same thought. Man, LeBron, Amari, and then the possibility of Melo coming. It's gonna be awesome. Oh, <laughs> to the Heat. Yeah, no. So I no, I no longer give it credence. Now, if you're asking me for the the sake of the show, what I wanted and stuff like that, sure, I'll give you those answers. 
But if you're asking me, do I give credence to them saying that? No. These are the same pundits that had the same exact ideas eight years ago. They just want New York to be relevant. Which is fine. No one wants that more than me and and Joel especially. But we can't give credence to that because the last time we did, we ended up with Gallinari, Amari, uh, Anthony Randolph, like just a bunch of Lance, Lance, uh, not Lance, uh, uh, Landry Field, just a whole bunch of whatever players, you know, uh, clearing the deck yeah. to get LeBron. So, no, never again, never again. I'd actually need him to sit down, sign the paper, and it'd be sealed. So, like, he couldn't get out of it like DeAndre did. Like, it need to be sealed and then him play his first game for me to believe that LeBron's on the next. Sure. That well, is, that mention, is how like, far out of the realm I, I can I feel like that. you would. I feel like you would have to move Joe Kim Noah, which seems seems like an impossibility. I don't. I don't feel like anybody would take Joe Kim Noah. I, I mean, no, honestly, which you would need. I, is I, I feel like it, if, if, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like if I it, like even like as a Hawks team, like if I was going to take Joe Kim Noah. Like, you got to give me, like, Frank Nilakina. And, like, of course the Knicks aren't going to do that. Like, they're not that stupid. Like, they, no, like, not going to happen. Um, eh? And so I feel like. Nick? Nick? Well, they might be that stupid. But, okay, all right. <laughs> but, but I mean, that would not be the smart move. You need to hold on no. to that guy. Um, I agree. But, but hey, like, we'll, 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 we'll see. Come on, May. Um, all right, let's move on. We've uh, we've delved into many topics and branched off into many topics, and because it's only been me and you, we've been able to do that, and we're not like under crunch time. We still got like forty five minutes left on the show. <laughs> Normally, when it's like uh, you, me, and Joel, Joel's like, "God damn it, guys! Like, could you just stick to the topics?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, Joel, we'll never just stick to the topics. Not gonna happen. Um, no. Let's move on. We got hot takes and mock trades. I got a mock trade for you. Do you have a hot take for me? Uh, I do not have a hot hot take this week. So I would. That's rather all right. I don't have a, to start with your trade. I don't have like a super hot mock trade, if you will. Um, I'd like to me. I don't know. I I think this one just just kind of makes sense. Like it's not a it's not a, it's not a real hot take. Um, so I'm gonna, I'm just gonna throw this one out there. I think the um, I think the Suns are obviously trying to trade Greg Monroe, right? Um, mm. To me, the the best kind of fit for Greg Monroe, is trade Greg Monroe to the Orlando Magic for Bismack Biombo and a first-round pick. Preferably the Orlando Magic's um, 2018 first-round pick, especially because how they've taken a dive in the standings. Um, but to me, if you're the Magic, <clears throat> you, you, you still do it, namely because you have to re-sign Aaron Gordon next year. You have to re-sign Alfred Payton next year. You have so many people that you have to 
um, well, at least two quintessential players that you have to resign next year. Um, you don't need the the money on the books as far as Bismarck is concerned. Um, if you're the um, if you're the Suns, you get Bismarck Biombo back. I mean, he's not a bad player. Like he would be a starting center in their lineup. Um, he's not worth seventeen million dollars a season, obviously, but you only got to pay him that for two more years. Um, I think that if you can get a a solid first round pick back for him, uh, I think that would be good. Maybe even say I want a second round pick too. Um, I think possibly you could demand that. You might not get it. Potentially you could demand that, especially considering what Greg Monroe could offer to the uh, the Magic as like a six-man type backup center for, for Vucevic. Like, you're not just giving them an expiring contract. You're giving them an expiring contract of a really solid center. Um, so I think... I think you could probably get at least a first and a second round pick, if not a first, uh, two first round picks, one of which being a late first rounder. Um, I think that trade just makes sense to me, especially because Bianca is like 25 years old. He's a defensive first player. You could pair him up with uh, Chris playing the four. Um, Warren and and Jackson playing the three, obviously Booker playing the two. Um, they still got to figure out what they're doing with with their point guard situation. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I just think that's a that's a reasonably good trade for both sides. You know, uh, Orlando gets to, to to cut ties with Biombo for the mistake they made, and um, you know Phoenix gets to add on a bevy of draft picks. I, I really think they need to bank on these early <clears throat> draft picks uh, as, as much as they can before, you know, the draft changes and it's not um, as as easy to predict as it is now. Uh, and I think uh, they, could, they could use that to benefit their team going forward. I don't know. What do you think? I actually like that. Um, I like that a lot, especially him coming off the bench. Uh, I I feel like this is a term I use way too much. I've never been a fan of Greg Monroe's, um, but I, I, I can't I can't knock his talent. Uh, the guy is extremely talented, uh, offensively, defensively, and yeah. um, but yeah. So you know, um, I I think he brings a lot offensively, and he can help that team who uh, I personally think is, is starting to, to drop a little bit. Um, mm. Like maybe they were over-exceeding uh, to start the season, and maybe they're starting to show us who they are. I'm hoping that's not true, but it looks like they're starting to show us who they are. So a piece like that could definitely revamp this team, re uh, revitalize this team, uh, and maybe give it new legs, um, you know, going forward. So I, I like that trade. I like that trade a lot. Um, as far as Phoenix getting Biombo, I actually like him. Uh, defensively, I, I, I like him. I don't think he was ever meant to be anything offensively, so that kind of works out. Uh, and they desperately need defense. They have, like, no defense in Phoenix. Right. I feel like teams are dropping 5,000 on them on a weekly basis. <laughs> so, um, 
Yeah, so, yeah so, I mean, if, you know, you're, if you're Houston, you're dropping like that. Would be good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you honestly, if you <clears> look at, uh, if you look at, you know, Tyson Chandler is not the same guy he was. I don't right. even think he cares to play basketball anymore. Yeah, and Alex uh, Lynn is just not a good NBA player. Like, even he's just yeah. not. He's <laughs> not. Yep. Um, so, like, yeah, if you, I mean, if you plug Biombo in there, you get a, a couple draft picks for him for taking him. Um, and, and honestly, if you're Phoenix, like you're, you're basically like you, you traded, uh, you traded, um, uh, Eric Bledsoe for, uh, Monroe, who's an expiring contract. Uh, and if you take back Biombo and get back even more draft picks for that person, you, you've accumulated like, like three or four draft picks, uh, I think three, three draft picks for Eric Bledsoe. Like, fine. Like, you wanted to get rid of him anyway. Um, and, yeah, you had to take back, um, you know, a guy who's overpaid, but but you're you're an offense in which – or you're, you're – I mean, just a team in which, you know, you can afford to overpay people at the, at this point in your, your uh, roster construction. So – and he can provide he could be a starting player for you like he could he could definitely be a starting player for you so yeah i don't know i think it would be good and i think the fact that um like i said you know orlando has to resign payton they have to resign gordon they need that extra money the fact that you know greg monroe's contract is expiring they he, i mean you're you're getting an expiring contract who can um who not only helps you pay the players that you need to pay next year, but also helps you this year as far as, you know, um, uh, providing some valuable bench minutes. So I think, I think both parties win in, in that scenario, especially given since, uh, um, the, the, you know, magic have a lot of, uh, trade assets at this point. So, yeah. Um, and I, I, I th- think, I think, go ahead. I was just gonna say I, I think even Joel would uh would approve of this trade. I'm gonna save yes, I I'm think, gonna save the real crazy trade for next week when he wouldn't approve of it. <laughs> yes. I'll save my hot, hot, hot take for, for that. Um but yeah, I also think I wanted to add since we were mentioning Phoenix. Uh the way the NBA had to stop and take a look at the seventy sixers and stop that team from just being mediocrity for like the next 10, 15 years, and they're mm-hmm. finally on the right right track. I think the NBA yeah. needs to do the same thing with Phoenix. I think Phoenix, I'm not going to say purposely tanking or purposely losing or anything like that. I just think yeah, they, have yeah, an, yeah. An, they have they have ownership who just has no idea what they're doing. And honestly, that hurts. That hurts. Honestly, if you if you could maybe possibly either steer ownership in the right direction or place proper ownership uh you know, as far as uh, player development and stuff like that with these lower-level teams, you would get more free agents interested in the idea of joining that. Like, do you sure. know how many free agents, uh, if they were free I've agents upcoming, Phoenix. would love to play with Joel Embiid, would love to play right. with Ben Simmons? Like, Philadelphia right. is now attractive. The Knicks are now attractive, uh, right. you know, because they're not just mediocrity. They actually look yeah. like if they if they were surrounded with a little bit more talent, 
they could well, be a team, you know, to 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 watch. And I, so and I think Phoenix just has to figure I, that out. Yeah, no, and I think that's a big part of like, like when they fired their coat when they filed uh, fired uh, with Earl Watson, um, like that was a big part of it. Like, like we don't want to be, like, we've tanked the past like three or four years. We haven't made the playoffs in like seven years. Like, we need to like, like, be competitive. We don't have to like win every game. Like that's the thing. Like. With the Hawks, the Hawks have lost a lot of games this year, but they have played competitive basketball in almost all of those games, um, losing by, like, single digits in most of them. And, like, that is that is something that, like, your fan base can rally around. Like, like we're not just getting our ass kicked every single game. Like, we're, 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 we're losing out in the fourth quarter because we're not as talented, but, like, you know, we have a, a reasonably, like, good roster, uh, or at least, like, a, a roster that can, like, try to compete. Um, and, and the thing is, when you look at, like, say, the Hawks roster versus the Suns roster, the Suns have more talented players on their team. Like, they literally have, like, four or five guys who should be, like, really good NBA players at least in the future and and they don't they at least at the beginning of the season did not mix them together well I think they're starting to kind of figure that out though I, th- I really think they are um, let me throw this out there because um, uh, I'm gonna I'm just gonna throw out my like super uh, super hot take mock trade um, for you and I'm going to see what you say to it. Because um, obviously this is a, a Hawks fan-centric trade. Um, but, you know, maybe maybe you'll see see it the same way I do. I think the Hawks should trade Dennis Truder to the Suns for Brandon Knight and the Phoenix 2018 first-round pick probably top six protected um, because obviously if they end up with like a number like if they end up winning the lottery for you know like a whatever crazy reason um, like they don't that's not worth Dennis Schroeder but if you're if you're talking about like getting rid of Brandon Knight who's obviously hurt and hasn't played well in like three years or two years well whenever he signed his extension um, he hasn't played well since then. Um, <clears throat> I think uh, that would be a, a good trade for the Suns. I think Schroeder, at 24 years old, would be like the the young veteran that could work well with Booker, uh, Warren, uh, uh, Josh Jackson, uh, Marquise Chris, Dragon Bender, uh, you know, etc. I think that could be a legitimate trade that could that could be worked out. I, I just think that the protection is the the, the foggy point um that I think maybe my bias uh is 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 making me think that maybe the Hawks could get a maybe only a top six protection. 
maybe it would be like a top 10, top 8 protection. I don't know. My my thing is this. If I'm going to trade Dennis Schroeder, I want a young point guard who I can replace him with. I want Colin Sexton, or at the very worst case, uh, Trayvon Duvall, who is the starting point guard for the um, for the uh, Duke Blue Devils. Um, but like, I don't know. What do you what, what do you think about that? Like, what do you think the protection would take? Um, if you're the Suns, like, would you be interested in that trade at all? And and I ask this especially given that you just saw what Dennis Schroeder was able to do to your Knicks uh, last night. <laughs> All right. Well, I knew you had to slip that in there somewhere. Uh, glad we got that uh, yeah, out of the I way. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, honestly, I, I don't think you're biased at all. I think that is an actual uh, really good trade. Um, I think guys like Brandon Knight uh, can't stay in one place too long. Uh, he needs a, a new place. Maybe that will get him going again. Uh, and I think for sure, I think he needs to get out of there. Not because, like, it's a toxic place or it's not working or anything. It's just they're trying to rebuild, and I feel as though he's good enough to maybe be placed into a situation that's already in the process of rebuild. Like, they already have their cornerstone pieces. So it's just filling out the roster next year for Phoenix, hopefully, and a a good head coach, and they can maybe start to get on the right track. Atlanta has to completely go through that process. That's why you keep getting upset when they they win games. You're like, no, I want to tank. Stop winning. Stop playing so hard. (laughs) Lose me a couple in in a row. Um, So I think if you're – Yeah, I want Luka Doncic. Right. Uh, I think if you're you're Schroeder, who's technically a a young veteran – uh, putting him with Booker, He's 24 years with Jackson, old. yeah, putting him with Booker and Jackson, I think that's that's great. That Suns team now has a legit point guard, legit shooting guard. Uh, I believe Jackson's a, a forward, uh, and then you yeah, kind of just need to forward. fill out the roster. Yeah, you just need to fill out the roster. With and I think Marquis Chris, I I really I I think he's got he's got really he has the potential to be a a legit starting uh, power forward. I really do. I, I mean, he's got some range. He can hit some threes. Um, he's got, like, he's got a reasonable shooting touch. He can rebound the ball. He can pass the ball relatively well. I mean, he's not he's not great, but he's not bad for his position. Um, I think with that, like, kind of core four, and then you find yourself a center, um, I, I think you might be in, in, in the mix for something. Yeah, I, I completely and, agree with you. And like I – go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, and if you're the Hawks, you know, you're – you're to me, you're like, let's say your Phoenix pick is top. I, I think it would have to be a protected pick. I, I just – I feel like it would have to be um, because, you know, you never want to be in the, in the position where, you know, Phoenix is the seventh worst team in the league, but – just out of out of nowhere ends up winning like a the lottery and win, ends up winning like a like the number two pick and then you're like well obviously Schroeder wasn't worth the number two pick but is Schroeder worth like the number seven eight pick yeah I think so yeah at this point for for that team and for what they need 
And for, you know, all things considered, I, I mean, I think they are. And I think if you're the Hawks, if you can get somebody who's younger, a younger point guard who can fit better with your your league of young players, i.e. your um, uh, 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 DeAndre Bembry, your Tayshaun Prince, your John Collins, you can find somebody who's like a, a point guard who could fit as, as far as drafting-wise in there, maybe work in like a Luka Doncic or whoever we take with our maybe DeAndre Ayton um, at the center position. Like, I think if you can get two, like, top 12, top 10 draft picks, like, that's worth giving up uh, um, Schroeder uh, to me. Uh, and I think as far as the Suns, I think, again, like, if you can have that, that pick protected, at least for this season, uh, it'd be unprotected next season. But if you could have that pick protected, I mean, they've been playing really well since they fired what's-his-name. So uh, I think if you if you could work Schroeder in that lineup, I think if you have that lineup and they continue to progress, you might be looking at a playoff lineup next season. I don't think you'll be looking at it this season, um, but next season I, I definitely think you could be looking at that, which, I mean, Phoenix has just been way too long without making the playoffs. For it's, 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 as uh, good as their fan base is. I'm completely with you. As someone who grew up uh... – a huge, huge, huge fan of Steve Nash. Uh breaks yeah. my heart to see uh how horrible things have become in Phoenix. So if you know, like I said, adding Schroeder to that mix could give you that big three nucleus and then you just surround it with something and that team could be very respectable. But Phoenix is very I, I, I don't wanna say that, but they they're so used to not making this the, the right decisions that I don't know if I could bet on them to, to make a right decision in this case. <laughs> yeah, they do they do trade a lot of um good assets. Really them. good talent, yeah. Yeah. And they and they don't trade assets for good talent when they should. So yeah. I I feel you there. I I can certainly understand that. All right, well, let's move on. Um, we've got – oh, wait, hot take. Juwan, you got a hot take for us? Anything? No, not this week. I'm going to save up all my energy for my crazy one next week when Joel gets back. All right, uh, fair enough, my friend. Um, so when Joel gets back, we'll get another crazy hot take from Juwan. Um, by the way – Last week's hot take. I just want to, I just want to talk about that for a second. You, you still feel as confident about that hot take? I don't remember what my hot take was. What did I say? Uh, you, you said, uh, you said um, that uh, the Cavs would lose. Well, we let's just take it back to the basis of what it actually was. You said the Cavs wouldn't make the uh, the finals. We'll just we'll just leave it at that. Do you still think the Cavs won't oh, make that, the finals? 
that they won't make. Oh, I remember. I was saying that they they uh they would come in at a low spot uh in the playoff and, at and one lose, if they maybe and lose to Washington. Yeah, and lose to Washington. Yeah. Actually yeah. that all of that I'm gonna hold on. All of that I'm gonna hold on to. And I also wanna mention in the first round. This, yeah, I'm holding on to all of it. I, I, I love the way uh Washington uh you know uh, looks against that team. I love the way Charlotte looks against that team. Uh, yeah. And if it wasn't for a few BS calls here and there, um, LeBron shooting shots from the, the heavens, I really think Charlotte could have beaten that team. Um, and a team that has not been given any kind of recognition, and it's dis- disrespectful. Detroit, man, they've been playing some really good basketball. They've really, really, really good basketball. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to hold on to that. Uh, like you guys said, and that's the same thing I can use for this. It's one of those things to where it's like, you know, with, with LeBron, you have to see him not in the finals to believe that, you know, they wouldn't be in the finals. Me, I, I'm the other way around. I, I literally feel like this is the year. We don't have to wait anymore for some parody. I think this is the year. I think if any year you could catch I LeBron right. in, it's this year. It's this year. No, man, I, I think you're right, as far as, at least as far as the parity is concerned. I mean, the teams in the NBA, they've basically been like, all right, we will accept your challenge, Golden State, and we will up it, and we will, we will fight with you. And I love it. I think it is, it is great for the league. And, you know, it's crazy to think that, like last year, we were sitting here saying like, nobody's going to be Golden State, and this year we're sitting here thinking there's at least three or four, maybe five teams who could beat them. Like I mean, that's just and crazy. the The biggest thing, the biggest thing with why I kind of don't want the Cavs to go to the finals again is because if they do. The way this roster looks, and of course, you know, it's very subject, subject. I'm sorry to change with you know them trading the pick or whatever for someone big. Uh, but if they don't, and this is the team with even with Isaiah coming back, and you know, and Tristan healthy and everything, this team isn't winning five games against Golden State. It's definitely not. Um, Four. So yeah. I, well, no, no, no. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize. It's not going five games. Sorry, that's oh, what I meant to say. I sure, apologize. Sure. Um, okay. They're going to get yeah, embarrassed. Yeah, no, I have feel they play. Yeah. And what is the glaring stat that Cleveland is horrible at that Golden State thrives in? They are Defense. horrible at defending the three. And Golden yep. State thrives on the three. That's why they added Caspi, or however you pronounce his name, and Nick Young. They are looking mm. to literally shoot your lights out, and Cleveland is – I don't think they're still dead last, but they are still really bad at defending the three and defense in general. Golden State's going to have a field day with those guys. Cleveland shouldn't make it to the finals because they're going to get embarrassed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I don't necessarily disagree with you. I, I, honestly, I kind of hope Milwaukee makes it. I don't think they will, but I, I would love to see it. Um, yeah, Giannis in the finals. It, yeah, that'd be that'd be a shit ton of fun. All right, let's move on. We got about twenty minutes left. 
Uh, we're going to break down our new segment, Rise and Fall. This was Joel's idea. Of course, he's not here for it because he's off uh, gallivanting on his vacation. Um, but nevertheless, we're going to implement it. Uh, rise and Fall. What team do you think is on the rise, Juwan? Well, I'm going to go back to the team I was just uh, raving over. I think the uh, – and it's not necessarily a rise because they haven't really fallen, but they're just not talked about. The Detroit Pistons. I freaking love the Detroit Pistons. The way Gundy has these guys playing, and it's just so confusing. Well, not really confusing. We We, we get that. Detroit's not sexy, and people probably don't even believe in them enough to to even begin to talk about them. But I, I really I like this team. I like the way they're headed. Um, they have a really, really, really bright future uh, in store for them. And they're sitting at twelve and six. They just got a win over uh, the uh, over uh, OKC the other night. This this team is is a team I feel comfortable in saying could do some really, really, really good things in the East. And um, I'm sitting with this team. Now that I look at it, Nick, I wish the, the the bold statement that I made of they were looking to get rid of Reggie Jackson came true and they got Bledsoe because this team would be even more of a possible threat. So Bledsoe leading that team. Yeah. Leading that yeah. team instead of uh, Reggie Jackson. But, yeah, that's my team on the rise. Um uh, for this week. Hey, fair enough, man. I I feel you there. I mean, they're seven and three in their last ten, and they're twelve and six overall. They're second place in the East. Like, uh, yeah, that's a great great pick. Um, so I think there's an obvious pick here. There's a team that's won seven straight, and that would be the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, yeah. However, I'm going to pick a different team, <laughs> and I'm going to go with Indiana Pacers because apparently <laughs> they're my team. Uh, yeah, they are, and they've won five straight. Uh, they are competing, and they're playing really well. I love the way this team is constructed. I love the way they play. They're not going to be – they're going to be a first-round exit probably. Um, it's m- way more than likely. Um, but the fact that, like, this team is even in playoff consideration after losing Paul George is is remarkable. Um, and I've just had their back from the beginning. I've, I've always – thought that, like, the way they put this team together was, like, really smart. Um, and I I don't know. I just, I love, I love this Pacers team. If I was a Pacers fan, I would be, like, very happy that we put together, well, I would be very mad that we didn't try to trade Paul George for, like, an elite draft pick um, to better our future. However, um, the fact that, you know, we didn't and the, the, the Pacers team is constructed as it is, like, I would, you know, I, I would be very happy to, like, cheer on this team and hope we make the playoffs. And I think they will. I really do. I think the Pacers will make the playoffs. I'm going to stick steadfast in that um, 
in that belief, um, I think uh, uh, essentially you'll be looking at uh, if the if the Sixers stay healthy, um, you'll be looking at Boston, Detroit, Cleveland, Toronto, uh, Philadelphia, Indiana, Milwaukee, and Washington. Um, I think those will be your um, your playoff team. Sorry, Juwan. I don't. I don't. I don't think New York will make the playoffs. Um, we'll that see. Could be, yeah, we'll we'll see. Uh, that could be uh, good for you guys as far as uh, a, a really good draft class. So, and maybe you'll get lucky and get a Patrick Ewing moment and 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 get you know the number one overall pick. We'll see. Um, but uh, who is falling? Who? I'm going with. Oh, okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. You're still introdu- introducing. No, no, no. Out of all these teams, who's falling? I'm going with the Orlando Magic. Currently sitting yeah. at eight and twelve after a very, very, very promising uh, start to the NBA season. They have completely fallen off of their mark. Uh, so I'm going with the Orlando Magic. Very disappointing. Uh, over their last uh, handful of games, uh, that that's my team this week for the fall. I agree with you, man. They have been such a disappointment. They're sitting at number twelve in the East, and they were like number three for like weeks, and they've lost eight in a row. Eight in a row. They were. Like literally, they were eight and four. Now they're eight and twelve. Golly, man! I seriously, I kind of almost bought into the magic. Um, and I actually picked them as my eighth seed last year, and didn't pick them to make the playoffs this year. And when they started playing well, I was like, "Shit, well, fuck, man, maybe I should have made them." Made him my my uh, eighth or seventh or whatever seed this year. Um, no, I mean, <laughs> I think you learned enough from them last year to know, uh, you know, they are what they are. Um, I don't know. I I I think they maybe can turn it around and be a potential playoff team, though I doubt it. I mean, just look at the teams that are ahead of them. Yeah, like, as far as teams that could possibly drop down to their level. I mean, you got Boston, Detroit, Cleveland, Toronto, Philadelphia. I I feel like if Philadelphia stays healthy, all of those five teams are going to make it. Um, Milwaukee is number eight. They're going to make it. Uh, So you got Indiana, New York at six and seven. Um, those are those are teams they could potentially overcome. Uh, Washington, Miami, at, at and Charlotte at nine, ten, eleven. They're just you're not going to overcome all of those teams. Just, you're not going to do it. So, yeah, Orlando is was a total facade in the in the first you know what six of the season, something like that, the first one-sixth of the season. Um, so, no, I totally agree. They, they're they going to have to make some some quintessential moves to, to become relevant again. Um, and, 
you know, maybe they will, maybe they won't. Um, I, I think it'll be interesting. I think if if they don't make any moves and they tank, um, not ne- not necessarily tank, but if they if they play poorly for the rest of the season and they end up in the in the you know higher draft classes, um, do they draft a point guard and do they keep Alfred Payton? Because like Payton, Payton has been one of those guys who's just been like unpredictable. Um, I mean, he's he's been very good in some games, and then like he's been half and half throughout his whole career with Orlando. Um, and and honestly, they have played worse since he's come back. Um, I mean, Augustine played. They they played way better under Augustine, so I honestly think maybe I don't know maybe try to trade Peyton maybe if if you have any takers. Um, I, I mean I like Alfred Peyton. I think he's he's going to be a good player when it all comes down to it. But I don't know. It's a, it's a lot of a lot of what is for the Magic. Uh, all right, my team is the Memphis Grizzlies. As far as your your falling teams, they've lost seven in a row. They're now seven and eleven. They sit at the eleventh seed in the West. Um, and Jawan, you know this. It's no surprise. I always said they were going to suck this year. Um, and the fact that they started off their season like 5-1 and one or something like that uh, was remarkable to me. I was just like, are you kidding me? Like, maybe they're not going to be as bad as I thought they were. Yeah, they're going to be as bad as I thought they were. Um, they're just <laughs> a shitty team. They really are, man. They have Mike Connolly, they have Marcus Gasol, and they have nothing else. Um, All I'm saying because, is, and I, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was gonna say I know it'd be a stretch, and it might not even make that whole lot of sense for this team to do it. But I don't know. Maybe Boston calls up Memphis and makes a play for Marcus All, and you know, gives them hold in that draft pick. I'm just saying. Let's uh, do it. I don't. I don't. I don't know if Horford would be the guy, honestly. I mean, it would make well, the I, most I, sense on the surface. Um, I'm just saying, like, the, the money doesn't – like, Memphis would be taking on a lot of money. I, I think for Memphis, you would have to send, like – well, maybe send Brandon Wright as far as an expiring contract uh, to help balance out the money. Yeah, I'm just saying, the, the, as bad as they're looking, Marcus Saul, who's been the epitome, well, outside, well, you know, besides uh, Dirk Nowitzki, has been the epitome of loyal. He deserves to win something. He doesn't deserve it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I feel you there. Um, by all means, I mean, he is uh, the quintessential competitor. Um, all right, let's move on. We got weekly awards. Uh, we got about eight minutes left. Let's start out with player of the week. Who is your player of the week, Jordan? I'm going to go with Kyrie Irving. 
uh, his numbers have been the same. Uh, outside of that loss, uh, they recently just had to uh, Miami, uh, which seemed really motivated to beat them. Um, Kyrie's just been playing out of his mind. It was it was a toss up between Kyrie and and Steph, but you know the tie always goes to Kyrie when it comes to me. So I'm going to give it to Kyrie this week as my player of the week. No, I I totally feel you, man. Um, man, I got to give it to LeBron. I mean, they they have just won uh, consistently. Uh, and, I mean, for his last several games, I mean, the, that against Charlotte, he had 27, 16, and 13. Uh, for Brooklyn, he had 33, 6, and 5. Uh, for Detroit, he had 18, 2, and 8, which was his worst performance of it all. And they still wiped out Detroit. So, you know, I mean, obviously he was resting. Uh, for the Clippers, he had 39, 14, and 6. For Charlotte, he had 31, 6, and 8. Like, dude has just been balling out. I can't. It's it's ridiculous. Like, somebody who is that that age, like 32 years old, and still balling out like that, that's just crazy. Um, So, yeah, I gotta gotta give it to LeBron. who is your team of the week, John? That one was 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 very tricky. Um, I'm honestly, as much as it disgusts me, I, I'd have to go with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah. Do you want to elaborate on that at all, or are you just like? Fucking, yeah, sorry. That's no, all you I'm get. Sorry. I'm. Sorry. Honestly, that is what I want to say, but no, uh, Le- LeBron, I won't say the Cavaliers, LeBron has been playing really well and leading this team to all of their wins. Uh, I didn't have much to say because as a team, they're not necessarily playing better. LeBron has just decided, okay, well, no Tristan, so I guess I'll get 17 rebounds. No point guard uh, to be found, I guess I'll get 13 assists. And no go-to score because Kevin Love is Still dumpster fire, so I guess I'll get thirty a game. So yeah, so the Cleveland Cavaliers, aka LeBron, LeBron and the AARP team, uh, is definitely the team of of the week. Hey man, I feel you. Um, I'm gonna go with Houston. Um, they're nine and one over the last ten, three in a row, and they're working. Chris Paul into their lineup in a way that I could not really picture. Um, I, I I don't know. We'll see if it continues. We'll see if, if they're able to pull this off like long term. I don't know if they will. Um, I, I certainly have my doubts. But uh, the way they've been able to do it so far has been terrific. Um, as far as his comeback, and uh, they've been really good over the past week. Like they they have won several games decisively. They have won like at least one close game. Like Houston is looking really good. They hit fourteen and four. They're at the 
front of the Western Conference, just ahead of Golden State. Um, I don't think they'll keep that. I think they'll be second place going into the into the uh, uh, playoffs. Really good, and I think I might have to swallow my my um, trepidation as far as uh, Golden State. And I'm sorry, sorry as far as uh, Chris Paul and in the Rockets. Uh, being a fit, um, we'll see. I, I I still feel like it's, it's not going to work, but we'll see. Well, we will see. Um, all right. Uh, we have one more, one more award scenario, and that would be the game of the week. Juwan. What is your game of the week? I'm trying to remember who they played. Phoenix played somebody where Devin Booker hit possibly one of the craziest shots I had ever seen. And for the life of me, I cannot remember who they were playing. Yeah, I mean, you asked me about a Phoenix Suns game, and I don't fucking know. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know. Hold on, I'm looking, I'm looking. Oh, 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 okay, okay, okay. I got it, I got it, I got it. Uh, Giannis sat out uh, the game where they played the Bucks. They still lost. Phoenix still lost, but Devin Booker hit the crazy three to send them into overtime. Uh, but Bledsoe and Middleton pushed the the Bucks past the Suns uh, to win in overtime. But that game was very, very fun to watch, especially to see how motivated Bledsoe was to return back there after that team pretty much just shitted on his whole existence. I thought that was a really fun game, and that's my game of the week because that Devin Booker shot was very Kobe-esque. Nice. Well, yeah, my game of the week, uh, of course I loved OKC beating the Warriors, but my game of the week uh, was Cleveland uh, playing the Hornets the other night. That was a terrific game. They uh, they played them like bat for bat, punch for punch. It was terrific. I loved it. LeBron took over when he needed to and won the game for him. It was a, it was a great game. Um, so that's my game of the week. Uh, great show. Juwan, thank you so much, man, for, for being here and for, for shooting the shit with me. It's always fun, my brother. Absolutely. Indeed. All right. Hey guys, uh, we'll be back. Uh, sooner than you know it and uh by all means check out uh geek vibes live that will be next sunday at eight o'clock we're gonna have a good time we're gonna be talking about all kinds of awesome shit and we will see you when we see you thank you guys and peace out peace
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion? Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.